0: you're only as good as the last job you did that kind of makes you think do your best on each job and do better than the last really you're listening to femcanic garage the podcast that features women in the automotive and
1: motorsports industries a community that elevates empowers and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women i'm your host jamie blossman buckle up for the ride femcanics Femmechanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Stacey Chandler is in the driver's seat today. She is a mechanic that specializes in Porsche classics. She works on all Porsches, from brand new hybrids to a 356. She was chosen to be a mechanic on a UK classic race team, working on a 1969 911. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Femkinics. This is Jamie B coming to you. And I have Stacy Chandler in the driver's seat this afternoon. How are you doing today, Stacy?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I am
1: doing very well. And I'm super excited that you're going to be the first recording and interview from the UK. I know there's, I have some in my pipeline, but you're going to be the very first. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you for having me. It's kind of cool being the first one.
1: It is pretty cool. I actually did not stumble upon you. Your sister reached out to me and shared with me that you were at a, was
0: it a conference workshop? No, it was like um, a part of my job is kind of going to like shows and promoting classic and Porsche classic and kind of what we do in like the classic centers. And um, yeah, so we went to this big, it's one of the biggest shows in, in kind of classic kind of static cars is the NEC classic car show. And kind of was just demonstrating the stripping and rebuilding engines. Had like a little workshop on on the stand where people could watch. And yeah, it was rebuilding uh, engines on there, showing people what's inside. And you were doing
1: that. You were leading that, is my understanding. And you were getting some kind of negative or non-supportive comments or feedback.
0: Is that correct? Yeah, um, it was really strange. um, In that kind of the lead up beforehand... It didn't even cross my mind that it would happen kind of it's just one of them things you don't really think of, really. You no know, going there and expecting people saying stuff like, Oh, like woman in overalls, like with a really like dirty grin on the face, or people coming up saying, Oh, women should be building engines, what are you doing that for? You shouldn't be in this job. And yeah, it was kind of from before even the show started on the Friday, there was at least three people came across, Oh, what are you doing that for? Are you trained to do that? are you just a dolly bird are you are you just there for show or but to have that over the full weekend was pretty grueling <laughs> i heard that
1: and this kind of goes back to where i started was how did i find you and ironically enough i i go and scour the internet and social media constantly looking for women but your sister actually found me and um reached out to me and she shared with me hey my sister's kind of discouraged because of this event that you went to. And she asked me to reach out to you and just say hey and just to be noticed. And before I post any women's pictures or anything on the Femme Cannon Garage page, I always go and see what they're about because there's a certain image and a certain I don't know, brand that Femcanic canic Grouch represents. Yeah, and I want to make sure that it aligns with that. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll go out and check this out. And I started going through your page and started seeing what you were about. And I'm like, this is a badass woman right here. This is a classy, badass woman. I want to get her on my show. So not only did I reach out to you, I actually asked you if you would be open to the idea of being a featured guest. So... Love what you're doing. Um, it's a total bummer that that mm-hmm. happened. Did you get some positive feedback at, at that event? Or was it it predominantly negative?
0: Um, I think it's kind of don't get wrong those people come across oh you're doing great, what are you doing? And um kind of like asking about how I got into it, if you know what I mean, like just nice questions about it. And I know this kind of me being negative, and I know people do this all the time. They pick up on the negatives, that's what they remember. And and I'm thankful to everybody that was there at the the show that maybe saw the comments and kind of came across after like, hey, that wasn't nice of him to do that. And it's like, and all these passive comments did actually make a lot of difference you now, like whilst working on the stand and stuff like that. So it was a mix of both. But just, as I said, you kind of remember the negatives, the more you do the positives, which is kind of a bit unfortunate.
1: I don't wanna like harp on this, but I think it's an important message for the Femme Cannon Garage community here is that this isn't unique to the United States. Women all around the world are still tackling this. And yeah. even though it's twenty twenty, there's this still cultural and social stigma around women doing things like this. Yeah, definitely. It's it's honestly eye opening to me and, and I obviously don't live in the UK, so hearing and understanding other cultures, this is, I don't want to say refreshing is the right word. It's just, it's nice as a female to know, hey, I'm not alone.
0: Yeah. I don't know whether it's like kind of the culture in itself, kind of generalizing it as a whole, If I mean, like the car industry, I think would be wrong because I've kind of worked in different areas of the like motor trade, like kind of the, the dealership side classic side, modern side, uh, motorsport side in different countries and kind of different shows and stuff like that. I think it's kind of each kind of show attracts a different crowd, unfortunately. You get people, this is from my like personal experience, like motorsport people into the cars and they're getting on with their own cars and they're not there to kind of pick on other people's cars, if you know what I mean, but kind of going into like maybe a static show where people are, building them to concourse, kind of old school style, especially in classics to how they were made from factory and stuff like that. I think each kind of area like attracts a different crowd and the different crowd have different opinions on different things. So I think it just kind of depends where you go to kind of how much or what kind of stigma you do get. I totally agree with you. Before we go too far down a path,
1: obviously from the pre-recorded bio that I did, the audience knows a little bit about you. But I want to kind of backpedal a little bit. That's how your sister found me. So and what's your sister's name? Uh, Katie. Katie, thank you for introducing me to Stacy. Here she is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's pretty badass as well, though, to be fair. Cause...
1: You shared in the pre-interview. I, I might be reaching out to her soon and, and get her on here. And it can be a family affair.
0: Definitely get her involved.
1: Yeah, If you don't mind real quickly, what does your sister do?
0: Um, My sister is a panel beater for BMW, so she kind of does like the welding and kind of the bodywork side. Um, But she also runs her own business as well, doing like pinstriping, like the vintage style pinstriping. And yeah, so she's kicking ass in both of them as well. So that's pretty cool. I love it.
1: Your father must be proud raising some very strong, independent women. So kudos to you, mom and dad. (laughs) So let's let's kind of backpedal a little bit and... Where where did this affinity and interest around cars start for
0: you? Oof. Um I kind of always kind of been into cars growing up around kind of drag race strips in the UK like Santa Pod, York Shakespeare, following kind of motorsport on the weekend, um watching MotoGP on the TV and rally cars and kind of a lot of it was like doing my dad because that's his passion, that's what he loved and but it still loves now. But kind of the, the main turning point for me, that was, this is what I want to do. Um, We bought a, well, mum and dad bought a split-screen camper van. So uh, 1967, SO42, about eight years ago, I want to say now, um, kind of bought it as a rolling shell. There was boxes inside of the interior. It was like a Flintstone car. You could see the floor through the floor. It was That's really outstanding. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> And um we restored it as kind of a family. My uncle, he helped us because he owns his own shop with all that, uh, with the restoration, but we it helped as well. So me and my sister got stuck in as much as possible. Um, we were getting like car seals, and were, like the doors and the windows for Christmas for a couple of years. And you've never seen kids so happy to have like car seals in your life. We just loved it. And I think for me, that was the kind of turning point. I was like, I like this. This is what I want to do.
1: We're kinder and souls, my friend.
0: <laughs> I <Yes. laughs> was the same way
1: growing up. Now,
0: how old were you then? Um, I was definitely, I was in secondary school at that point. So that would be about, oh, let me think now,
1: probably about 11, 12-ish. So you knew early on that you had an interest in this. And, and I'm just curious more than anything, because what fascinates me the most around this is what was what was your dad like? So, did he ask you to come out? Was it was there ever a moment where he seemed surprised around your interest, or it wasn't even? What was that like in your family? Because it wasn't just you. Is your sister older or younger than you?
0: Uh, my sister's two years
1: younger than me. Two years younger. So you yeah. kind of paved the the female path around showing an interest, and she probably followed suit with you as well. Um,
0: what was that like? What was your dad like around that? Um, he was never surprised by it, if you know what I mean, because we've kind of always liked cars and we've always been around cars and watching cars on TV and seeing them on the tracks. And so I think for my mom and dad, it wasn't any different. It was kind of like, yeah, this is what they like and just roll with it. And it's their passion as well. They like cars just as much as me and my sister I love it. So your mom's into cars as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say she's as much as me, my sister, but she, she does like having the camper and watching them and going out camping in the camper and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is a true family affair then. That is awesome. Now, here you are 11, 12 years old, and you're starting to dig into it, and you caught the um, automotive bug, so to speak. Yeah. What happened?
0: Do you ever talk about it with kids at school at that age? Um, you kind of do know and kind of um, in England, we kind of have like classes at school where kind of all oh, what do you want to be when you're older and like careers advisors and stuff like that. But kind of at that time, I, I didn't see it as a job as such. I kind of wanted to go into fashion and textiles and kind of make dresses and clothes and kind of thought about car upholstery. So whilst still at school, I was kind of maybe not swayed to become mechanic, kind of had both interests of making clothes and cars as well. So kind of in the schools in the UK, the, the schools that I went to anyway, there wasn't much in the way of kind of like mechanics classes or engineering classes or to get like a, um, a grade and a certificate for something. It was the only kind of path between like kind of my two hobbies was to kind of go down the fashion and textiles route. And it wasn't until kind of finished all that and did my A-levels, which is kind of takes you to about 16, 17. And then finished then, didn't know what to do. And I was like, I'm just going to go follow me other hobby now and did an apprenticeship. Wow. So you
1: actually went completely down the textile um, path. And yes. then once you completed that, you kind of... Sh- shifted and focused
0: on your other love yeah it was kind of got to the point where I was sick of school I was like oh I don't want to be sat in a classroom anymore I can't do it and I've been kind of a hands-on person not being very good at like kind of sitting behind a desk and like just writing an essay or stuff like that so so for me it was it was always had to be kind of something practical to keep my attention span (laughs) right right so here you are you're done
1: with school now You're in an apprenticeship. Now, what was your apprenticeship? Who was it
0: with? Um, My apprenticeship is with um, a company called JCT600, and I work in one of the Porsche dealerships, uh, working on uh, classic cars. That's what I train in as well, and work on modern cars as well. So anything Porsche range, I'm kind of trained on learning more about each day. Now, how did you go down that path? Now, did you always want to
1: work on... Porsche vehicles or did that just kind of happen?
0: Um, I'd probably say it kind of just happened. Um, I originally applied for a, because I just wanted to work on cars, I wanted to learn more, I wanted to go more into my passion and learn more about how the cars work, really work and really get into kind of like nitty-gritty and stuff like that. So I originally applied for a mechanics job at Mercedes and I was speaking to to the interviewer there it was a lady called Marilyn Badger uh, she's one of, like the HRs in JCT and um, I got interviewed for them came second for that job and she was she emailed me I think and then she was saying we've got all these other jobs we'd love to have you for JCT so there was another one for Merck another one for Ferrari and Porsche was the last one and I came second for all the other jobs Um, And nobody kind of waiting for the results. I was like, if I don't get this, this is a sign. I shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) It's kind of like life me I shouldn't be a mechanic. But fortunately, I got the job. And then, yeah, four years later, down the line, still there. Wow. Wow. Now, you had
1: an experience as well being part of a race team. Yes. Now, how old were you when you did that?
0: Um, I was 20 when I did that. Wow. It was about two years ago.
1: Oh my gosh that's amazing. Do you mind chatting a little bit about that experience? Like how did you get into that? Because I read some on that and I'm like holy mackerel what an amazing experience.
0: Oh, it was an unbelievable experience. So two years ago was the anniversary for Porsche so it's been 70 years since they've had their their name on a car which was a 356 to start with. So they're celebrating 70 years of that and porsche uk were kind of thinking what do we want to do to celebrate this because porsche is a sports car race car and kind of is in the motorsport they decided to build a 1967 two litre 911 and so they decided that they're going to build the car and then they were trying to choose a team and the year before that there was a another race car that we were involved in which was a 928 which is a big v8 porsche that we raced Around the UK and that Spa, so that, that one travelled around each centre, classic centre. But for the 911, they refined it down to kind of five people that they wanted to work on the team and just work on the car. And that's the people that just stay with the team and just travel around with it. And I was the, one of the lucky ones to get involved on the team and was picked to picked to go travel and race cars. Really. So is that through the apprenticeship and the company that you work for, or is this sit outside that? It's kind of outside that this is the the race team as such is for kind of Porsche UK, so like the headquarters, the importers in the UK, rather than being my employer as such. So, did you have to take time off work to do that? Yeah, I kind of had to speak to my boss a little bit and say, "Look, uh, Porsche UK want me off these days," and they were fully supportive because it's uh, they're kind of using it as a marketing stunt as well, showing what what we actually can do in the dealerships, like. Restorations, prep work, race cars, stuff like that—kind of showing the versatility of what we can really do. And you get to be kind of a poster child for them. Yeah, so we've been to uh, Le Mans in France, did the classic Le Mans. We did the Oldtimer Grand Prix at Nurburgring. We did uh, Spa Classic, and then loads of other ones up and uh, up and down the UK. I mean, no big iconic races <laughs> or anything. I mean, geez. <laughs> no. uh, sometimes you have to pinch yourself and kind of go, oh my god, I've actually been there. I kind of have like the memorabilia around my house and like the photos. I look at them I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that actually happened. You weren't
1: just there. You were part of a race team there. <laughs> some yeah. people go to watch. You were way more than just there.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And, and you had also shared in the pre-interview some of the iconic race car drivers that
0: you got to work with oh yeah
1: and just to be clear let's make sure the listeners understand
0: what was your role on that race team so i was one the pit crew um, so kind of prepping the car, uh, fixing it when it went wrong, if it went wrong, some races it did, some races it didn't, um, looking after the drivers, make sure they're okay. Make sure like the pit boards, I do the pit board during the race to like tell them like the time left and positions and who's ahead, who's behind and went like kind of the, when to pit and know the regulations and yeah, a lot.
1: <laughs> now, when you say fix it, if it breaks, is there a specific aspect of the car that you focused on compared to any of your peers
0: no there was a
1: I i think it was kind of one of the things if it broke fix it so you had to have a pretty good working knowledge of the entire car as a whole
0: yeah and wow. kind of looking at the other the other four guys that were on the team all four of them were brilliant and helped us a lot and we all helped each other because all of us know different aspects of different things what was your specialty I'm not too sure because I think different races, we had different problems and it was kind of just like whenever it broke, like for uh, Spa, for example, we had oil lines blowing, we had engine problems, gearbox problems. We were up to about 3am in the morning, swapping gearboxes, changing rockers, changing pipes. Um, it's just one of the things you kind of, when you're in that motorsport, you get that kind of adrenaline as in you just zone out, focus, race mode. The car's broken, we need to fix it for a certain time and you kind of just go for it
1: now what did the guys the other four guys think about you being on the team because i mean even though you try to blend in and you're just you know one of the team members the reality is yeah there's not as many women in it what was that like um
0: i can't say we really kind of asked the question them to them to be fair just got on with it just kept my head down treated them like anyone else they treated me like anyone else which i'm thankful for just got stuck in and did what was needed to do and that's all it's about yeah you know
1: it's interesting because a lot of people i I don't want to say a lot of people there's this thought of women empowerment equals disempowering men and and it's the it's the opposite it's the opposite it's not about disempowering anyone it's just about instead of saying hey we have a female in our shop it's more about we have four workers or we our team is comprised of five people, not yeah, four men and one woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's just a team of five. Yeah, that's that's it. We all just we all do the same job at, in the workshops. There's no difference from us in that sense. So That's wonderful. And I alluded to it a little
1: bit earlier, but you got to work with some pretty iconic drivers as well that drove the porsche that you guys worked on do you Do you mind talking a little bit about that?
0: yeah they've kind of changed, so it's a celebration. They kind of got big name drivers and they had people like Derek Bell who were in the seventies and they've won f one they've won uh, Daytona and Le and um, so there was Derek Bell and Rich Southwood, they're kind of like the legends that are in racing and Porsche racing and absolutely brilliant people to work with we've had Magnus Walker for a couple of races and worked with him um, we've had Josh Webster and we've had Tom Bradshaw working with us as well um, so they've been absolutely brilliant brilliant drivers and such a pleasure and an honour to work with them what was your most
1: memorable moment out of that experience? Because literally you were traveling all over Europe. Oh, God. Um. And racing Porsche and n- not just attending these. You were a pit crew <laughs> at the yeah. age of 20. 20. Oh, God. What was the most memorable uh, like aha moment for you?
0: Oh, God. That's got me thinking now. Um. I think for me, the point was kind of was like pinching myself like, oh my God, this is really happening. Um, we were at Le Mans in France, uh, the classic one, and we we're about to go out for a race and it was blazing hot. It must have been, um, like, it was in its 30 degrees. I know that doesn't, might not sound hot, but in England for us, it's kind of really tropical weather. <laughs> so we weren't used to the weather and we were getting the car prep, um, but where the cars were was separate to the pits on the start line. So we had to kind of run across the track at Le Mans to get to the side. And I remember thinking, I'm like running across with like two wheels in my arms. I've got the pit board on me and I've got like the jack pulling behind me trying to run across to get there as fast as possible. Um, So we get the race started. I remember thinking halfway across and I'm looking up, looking at the sign, like up the straight and I'm there going, oh my God, this is real. This is really happening. And then it's like, wow, this is just incredible. Like, what am I doing here? I'm just curious. I mean, I'm I'm
1: wrapping my mind around this as we move through this, your story. There had to have been hundreds of people that applied to do this. I can't imagine there were only six people and they picked five.
0: Um, it wasn't as in like an application. They chose people that they knew their work and they they would kind of fit on the team and work well with each other and know that they'd do what was necessary to fix a car whether it be staying up so i think even that's probably more of an honor to be picked out of them all rather than kind of like an application right and kind of for them to approach me was kind of i still remember it now i was like oh my god this is amazing I can't wait
1: what did your folks think what's your mom and dad like when when you found out and then when they when you were actually going through the circuit and doing these different races
0: I don't think they believe me to start with, to be fair. <laughs> when you come home, well, mom, I'm going to Nurburg. And then it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. No right, not. right. And then, <laughs> and then when like all the dates started coming through and, and like telling who the drivers were, they were just kind of like, you were actually telling the truth to begin with. Like, this is, this is massive. Um yeah, they loved it. It was um, like every time we were at a track, like take them something home, like some like memorabilia or, find some stuff and FaceTime them send them loads of pictures onto the family group chat and yeah they, they love it wow i bet you they are extremely proud of you guys
1: i hope so i really do. I, i'm sure they are wow so this this particular experience in your life like time box that for us how how long were you in that adventure
0: uh was in that for a year um, for the 911. So we had the nine to eight before, which was probably about four or five race meets the year before, and then had the 911 the first year, which was pretty much most weekends of summer was out and about. Um, last year we didn't really do that much. Um, the car was apart, having a respray, rebuild. Um, but we did do Goodwood Revival last year. Uh, that was the only race we did last year. But even then, that's a, a massive event in the UK. Um, yeah, so then that brings us up to now, and there's some there's some stuff in the pipelines, so we'll have to see if we can get entered and get racing again for this year. Wow, that is
1: just absolutely amazing. And you and I were talking, and, you know, Porsche here in the United States is very much a luxury car, and I'm not saying it's not viewed that way. When I say luxury, high-end sports vehicle and i'm trying to think new from canada which um i'll be recording her interview And yourself there there's not a ton of people that i've run across here in the united states that are female mechanics on not just uh modern porsches but you work on classic porsches as well i mean the the whole the whole night and you do the whole gamut of them
0: yeah, it's, it's even rarer. Um, but for for us, uh, our dealership, kind of the garage I work in, um, there's another lass as well, Jess. She mainly works on Modern, and she's completing her apprenticeship. She's kicking ass as well. Um, yeah, There's a couple in the Porsche network that I know of. Um, there's a couple in the Ferrari that I know of as well, female mechanics.
1: You're going to have to introduce me to a couple of those, because he, oh, here in the United States and I'm not saying they don't exist Yeah, I haven't found them yet and I'm sure they're out there I, j- I just, I haven't found them here in the United States and, and if I were to walk around to anyone because my, my family's a car car family as well and I said hey yeah. there's this chick that um, I'm going to be interviewing from the United States or whatever, pick a state and she pretty much exclusively works on Ferrari and they would fall over If I say the same thing about (laughs) Porsche, it's just there, you don't take those cars here in the United States to just anywhere, I guess is what I'm saying. There, you know, even if it's not a dealership, it's the high end automotive repair shop. And I just have not been able to find females
0: Yet I'll keep my eye do see if I can hear of anyone over in the states it, it
1: but it's crazy and and even with with new, I'm like, okay, she's sitting and I'm like, okay, where are you based off She's like, can I'm like again, no one in the United States I haven't found one yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it just seems outside of the United States it it's been easier for me to identify and locate women that are mechanics not that you guys exclusively work on those, but That's where you spend most of your time, but like like you said, Ferrari, Porsche, Mercedes, things like vehicles like that. So it's pretty cool. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Now, have you grown an affinity to Porsche now that you've been working on them? Is there or do do you have an interest in dabbling in another brand?
0: Um, I kind of um Porsche me is kind of my work. I love the cars, love the brand, but for me, my true like kind of hobby. On a weekend, what I like to do is like classic Volkswagen and hot rods and Americans. So I think that kind of keeps my split. now for because I do love cars and it's like my passion and stuff. It's kind of that nice break, although it's still working on cars. It's like different brands and different things and yeah. There,
1: are uh, cor- and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I I thought I read somewhere that one of the original Porsches. Were actually the the base of it was a VW, is that is that accurate? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. There's there is actually a VW Beetle in the Porsche Museum in Germany, kind of in like like the World War Two times. I think I really don't know the story, but I know there was uh, Porsche Ferdinand was kind of involved in helping make the Beetle. As well as the 356. Because the three five six and the beetle are very, very similar in that the running gear, you look at the chassis, the engine, the gearbox, very similar. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying this.
1: <laughs> it, it's public knowledge, you could research it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then when as soon as I say to all my friends, I like new people I meet, it's like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, work on Porsche, it's like, Oh, you work on Beetle then? And it's like, Oh, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so there is there is link between uh, like the Classic Beetle and the Porsches. And I suppose if, if we didn't start like that, then we, we might not end up in the same place where we are today. So Right, right. Now, you had
1: mentioned uh, American Muscle. Is yes. there a particular or a couple that you like?
0: Um, Again, probably, like, I do more racing of that size. So I pick with a few teams that go Nostalgia Superstock in the UK. Um, so we mainly race at Santa Pod and mainly work with Team Thompsons. So we have a seventy one Duster and a sixty nine Charger where we race them. And I think for me, kind of like the, it would be kind of the classic American sixties, seventies, kind of the old school style. You and I are on the same page. That's the era that
1: I think American Muscle just—it's beautiful. <laughs> it
0: was like oh, artwork. Something about it, not it?
1: Yeah, there really is. And there's other brands of vehicles. But that era of American muscle, it's just, they're gorgeous vehicles. Not all of them, but a lot of them.
0: There's just nothing more than says just the 1940s, 50s, rockabilly era, old-school American muscle. Yeah. No,
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. So what are you doing now? Where are you at right now? So you had this experience... And for the last four years, you've been working with the same company, and you're still there. Yes, I am. What What's next for Stacy? what are, What are you
0: thinking about? Um, I'm kind of not sure. Kind of just take it as it goes, really. But I'm aiming to do my classic certification, which is like another qualification to say. Kind of, she's done all the courses. She knows what she's doing. Kind of likes to just get higher up the tech rank and just get as good as as I possibly can in the kind of the Porsche tech world and aim for gold.
1: I love it. Because what, you're 22 now? 22. So uh, a ripe age of 22. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, hey, you are so much further along because I know people in their 30s and 40s that still do not know what they want to be when they grow yeah. up. <laughs> so so being 22 years old, having the experiences that you already have, that's amazing, Stacey. It's absolutely amazing.
0: Well, thank you.
1: I think we are ready to launch into the red line round. And what the red line round is, is four rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. It's whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Are you ready? Let's give it a go. All righty. One, who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry?
0: Um, I kind of don't think there was a inspiration such. you know, like someone kind of was like, Oh, I want to be like them or I want to do what they're doing. It's kind of, doing what I wanted and what made me happy if you know what I mean didn't want to follow a crowd just kind of just did what I want and just hoped it would work yeah
1: absolutely Stacey where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job
0: if I get stuck on a job at work I kind of talk to you the texts they're all really helpful and kind of help you out and to like diagnose problems and so like that. but at home and on classic stuff working through books that i've got and internet google youtube forums um contacting other technicians up and down the uk
1: what's your go-to online i know we everyone a lot of people say google but i guess is there one specifically that you dive into regularly
0: probably say youtube or just google forums and see if we can find anything on there makes sense Stacey, what
1: excites you most about what you do?
0: I think it's a job satisfaction. Kind of working on classics because you kind of can work on from anything from like service to restoration, race team. There's not, no better feeling than winning a race, finishing a race, finishing off restoration, seeing it drive off and the customers are happy. And knowing that they are happy and you've done a good job is the best feeling. Here, here. What is a
1: personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck, unsupported or discouraged? A personal habit.
0: Going for a cup of tea. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes when you can't find anything or diagnosing stuff, you kind of have to take that kind of five minutes away, go make a brew, come back and try again. Sometimes that just five minutes where you're not thinking about it can help solve your problems, really. I think
1: Americans need to, the here in the United States, drink more tea. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> we need to have more cups of tea. Walk away, have a cup of tea, and come back to it. I love it.
0: Try it. Next time we get stressed, try it. it's It works.
1: I, I will. And there's so many other benefits to tea, particularly, like, green tea. It's just a there's just no downside to it no
0: i think up here um, north of england it's kind of yorkshire tea is kind of the go-to up here i'm sorry what kind of tea yorkshire tea it's kind of like a brand of tea but it's like massive in the uk yorkshire
1: huh i may have to look at it who knows you can buy everything on amazon
0: i'll have to send you some over <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give it a try. i have to try this tea oh man um See, I got to hit up my friend. He recently moved to the UK. I say recent, over a year ago. Um, yeah. His wife got a job over there. And so I'm going to I'm gonna have to hit him up. I'm like, dude, go, go get me some of this and ship this over to me. Oh, you need <laughs> it. Definitely. I, I think I may look that up and give it a whirl. <laughs> and finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades or motorsports industry?
0: Be yourself don't take things so hard on yourself and
1: if you had a young girl that you were mentoring yeah what would
0: you say to her take your time and stuff it's it's quality over quantity some days you have good days some days you have bad days just you have to take with the rough with this meal sometimes sometimes things go wrong it's just a fact of life unfortunately you have bolts that snap stuff that kind of doesn't fit work. what's the best
1: advice that you've ever received
0: you're only as good as the last job you did that kind of makes you think do your best on each job and do better than the last really that's simple and very well put now stacy where and how can people connect with you people can contact me on instagram that's kind of the main platform that i use so it's Stacey jamie on there so it's s-t-a-c-e-y-j-a-y-n-e um if anybody's got any questions queries they're more than welcome to have a message and, and see if I can answer them beautiful
1: and Stacey thank you so much for being in the hot seat or the driver's seat today I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing your story and your willingness to share your story with everyone with the whole Femcanic community
0: thank you for having me and thank you for everything that you're doing you're doing an amazing job I thank you it's, it's
1: all of your stories I just provide a platform for all of you. All of you ladies make this possible.
0: I'm Stacey, and I'm a Porsche Classic Technician, and I'm a Femmecanic.
1: New Wynn is in the driver's seat next. She is a certified Silver and Classic Porsche Technician. She is an all-around automotive service tech that specializes in classic, air-cooled Porsches. Until next time, FemCanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, FemcanicGarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femme canic?